at the table. In this podcast, Audrey usually plays solo tabletop RPGs and invites you along for the experience. However, today, some of the cast of The Hyperfixation are going to be playing Yourself by Caden Ramstack. My name is Jake, and I am joined today by... Hello, my name is Roma Ostman, and I use the they and them pronouns. And I am also joined by... Hello, my name is Louis Robles, and I use the he, they pronouns. So we found this game through uh, one of the bundles on itch.io. It is a game about finding out that you are a changeling and kind of reflecting on what that means for you, trying to figure out your new identity, melding with your old identity. and. We will be using tarot cards to kind of come up with writing prompts to help us through our journey. And you found this game through the Pride Bundles? Uh, Yes, it was the TTRPGs for Trans Rights in Florida bundle that was on Itch.io earlier this year. There's like 505 items in it. As a Floridian, I thank you. (laughs) So, yeah, we went through and found this one, and it uh, seems like it'd be a a good game for us. So, um, as you may have noticed, listener, uh, this podcast, Alone at the Table, is usually one person playing one-person games. And you may notice that there's three of us here. We have decided to play this game specifically because the nature of the game being you are a changeling... Um, changelings are adjacent to shapeshifters. In my quick Google search, they're a humanoid race distantly descended from doppelgangers and share the shapeshifting qualities. So we are all three of us playing as one character, and it kind of works out with the shapeshifting stuff with our different voices. Yeah. Yep. We're going to discuss what decisions we are going to make as a character. So even though there are three of us, we are just going to act as one entity and come to a unanimous decision. Yes, so Yourself is a solo role-playing game where the player records a story. Players, in this case, uh, records a story based on the tarot cards we draw and the prompts provided from the tables. So it's a lot of introspection about our identity as we are choosing to go the route of yourself descended there's two options yourself replaced where you know the human child's been swapped out with uh some sort of illusion that looks human like a a fae or a bundle of sticks or something like that but we decided to go the descended route where we are part of an ancestry of fae who didn't know that we were a fae until recently and so um we don't really know what direction this is going we're just kind of experience this naturally uh we are using the tarot deck mine specifically is the uh, golden thread tarot deck beautiful i love it it's like a matte black with gold art um and so we've separated the deck into five suits so we've got the major arcana in a pile the pentacles in a pile the swords the cups the wands and we will be going through each of these suits through the five acts of this uh game um all the cards are shuffled and upside down so i do not know what the top card or the bottom or any of these cards are but to start the game we're going to draw the top card of the major arcana to see our human side and the bottom card of the major arcana for our face side so this is gonna sort of determine the base of this character that we're playing if you will So I'm pulling the top card for our human side. And oh my goodness, it's the star card. And the bottom card for our face side is the chariot. So we can interpret this a few different ways. We can determine it very literally based on the meaning of the card, or we can determine this based on how the card looks, like the art on the card and what it has. I'm going to send you guys a picture. So I've sent in uh, on the hyperfixation discord... I have an alone at the table thread in the season three, Um, even though this is not on the hyperfixation podcast feed. 
I still have it here just for if you wanted to look at it. If you wanted to invite to the hyperfixation discord, just give me a shout. <laughs> um, but you'll see here, I have posted the art of the star card. And I will be pulling the chariot card here now. There we go. I love this. That's very pretty. I pulled up the meaning for the star card. When the star card appears, you are likely to find yourself feeling inspired. It brings renewed hope and faith and a sense that you are truly blessed by the universe at this time. I think that's really interesting, especially because this is the human side of us. But the card art shows a feminine bodied person standing in some water with some reeds holding two pitchers and there's like water flowing on each side but there's seven stars above their head. So this kind of, to me, represents like bounty. Yeah, it definitely makes me think of like, you know, someone who is not necessarily struggling. They have, you know, maybe as a, as a human, we had a pretty good and, and blessed life. Like we are, you know, we're, we're hopeful and we're faithful and we have you know, we have plenty is what it kind of looks like to me. Yeah. So the chariot card. Oh, unless, Lewis, you had something you wanted to add to the star card. No, I'm still taking it in. I think I'll speak about it a little bit more once we can actually compare them a little bit more. Okay. So the, the chariot card is a card about overcoming conflicts and moving forward in a positive direction. One needs to keep going on through sheer hard work and commitment he will be victorious. And it shows a person inside of a chariot being pulled by two horses. The person in the chariot has wings and there's little like embellishing stars and glitter around them. And I don't know what sacred geometry is on this chariot, but it kind of has Metatron's cube energy, <laughs> but it's not Metatron's cube. Um, it doesn't have the circles that Metatron's cube has, but that's general shape, almost like a D20. One thing that I, I was kind of thinking, like, just especially in comparison and contrast between, between the two, the star definitely seemed like a, a peaceful, easier, happier life. And then the chariot kind of makes it sound like, you know, whatever's coming for us, it's it's going to be difficult. If we take this as how our character is feeling when they first find out that they are a, a fake creature. It's like their human side is very down to earth and bountiful and content with the hard work that they're doing and they're getting a lot out of it. And then the face side looks like it is like above it all and doesn't have any care. Like even the eyes are uh, closed in the depiction. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. With a smile. I'm kind of getting a similar energy of like, I, you know, if, if I was the character, you know, like I, I want for nothing. I'm very content in this life. I could stay in this life forever, but received that sort of curveball of, you know, you always kind of knew that you weren't, I'm going to use my autism experience for this of I was masking for so long through my youth that, you know, I could have just been fine if no one ever told me that I was autistic. <laughs> <laughs> but um, finding that out so late in my life as of right now, tw 27 years old. So I, 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 I probably will continue to use the, the late stage di autism diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I'm perceiving it. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. What do we want to kind of hammer down. It feels like we're all kind of in the same boat of life was very good being human, but the face side kind of came out of left field and moving in that direction. Is that correct? Yeah. And another thing I just, while you're talking that I kind of noticed um, in like the, the art for the star, even though, you know, everything is peaceful and bountiful and hopeful, that person does not really look happy. They don't look upset or angry but they look yeah. very very neutral 
the chariot looks, you know, it, that that person has a smile. They look content. They are excited and happy for whatever is coming, even though, it, you know, it will be a difficult thing to overcome. I find that to be really I didn't even notice that about the star card. But yeah. So uh, are we ready to, to move on to act one? Yes. So we're doing, are we pulling, we're pulling three minor, minor arcana cards and one major arcana card for each act, correct? Yeah. So um, what we'll do is we're drawing three minor arcana cards. Each of those are going to give us a, a prompt, you know, something to discuss and think about. And then the major arcana is kind of going to inform how, how we react to these. So, um, for act one, it is yourself in reflection, the signs that only made sense in retrospect. So kind of looking back at this discovery that we're not all human, we're still human, but not only human, right? Yeah. Are you ready for the cards? I'm ready. I'm going to start with the major arcana. Okay. So our major arcana for this act is the emperor card. The emperor's meaning, um, according to Google, is that this card is suggestive of stability and a security of bleh. this card is suggestive of stability and security in life. You are on top of things and everything is under your control. It is your hard work, discipline, and self-control that have bought you this far. It means that you are in charge of your life now and setting your own rules and boundaries, which is kind of nuts, especially for the understanding of what we have for our human side of like, we've got everything. You know, we, we already did kind of talk about like they were, you know, they had stability and security, just like it says. Mm hmm. Maybe this also meant that they were kind of in charge of themselves a little bit. Yeah. Looking at the card art for the golden thread deck is an emperor sitting at a throne with mountains behind him and a crown, a very stern look and a scepter and whatever that holy looking grenade is. I don't know what that's called. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. It just it does very much remind me of the, the holy hand grenade. Do we want to analyze these as a group after I've pulled all the questions? Yes. Okay. Uh, for the first act, we pulled from the Pentacles Minor Arcana deck. The first card is the Nine of Pentacles, which a mundane trait that tipped the scales, a birthmark, overlapping toes, odd ears, some small physical attribute that a human would also have, this wasn't anything of interest, and by itself it would have never been an indicator, but when combined with other aspects, it's cl clearly also a sign. Interesting. Yeah. The Queen of Pentacles. A youthful ploy seen in a new light. You did something once as a child that makes no sense. Was it something you actively did or was it a reaction to something that happened to you? Or perhaps you survived something that should have killed you. And finally, the three of pentacles. You'd never fit with other youth. How were you different from the other children? Was it how you looked? Was it how you behaved? Did you try to fit in? Did it work? All right. Um, well, I definitely think that you know, nine and three could partially overlap, like something about the mundane trait, you know, because it said, was it how you looked? And we also got to find out what the the weird thing we did was. I definitely am curious about what our mundane trait is. One thing I was kind of thinking was, you know, if we were fae, if we were fairy, like, you know, in our ancestry, maybe that showed itself as like, as a kid, we were just way like smaller than everybody else essentially like runt of the litter sort of deal yeah like we weren't like 
abnormally small, but we are like a, a very tiny person. You know, all the other kids in our class were, were taller. They always kind of called us the short kid. And I do like that a lot. I'm also wanting to throw this hat into the ring of profound eye color of some sort. Yeah. Like for example, our friend Danny has these like lavender colored eyes that nobody, you wouldn't really even think about, but once you actually like look into his eyes, you're like, Oh fuck, wait, your eyes are actually kind of fucking purple. Why? (laughs) Or even a case of like heterochromia or something. Oh, that's cool. Oh yeah. Two different colored eyes for people who don't know. Oh, these are all good shouts. I mean, this is also the time where I'd like to throw in the why not, why not all of it? Because. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of fun. So a a petite, smaller than normal runt of the litter with heterochromia and maybe one eye that's like naturally colored and like maybe like a beautiful soft brown or something. And I really like that idea, especially because like. uh you know, that could be like almost like changeling in, in progress. Mm. Like, oh, uh, maybe maybe we weren't born with like two separate colored eyes, but like it started to after like a a few years or something. <laughs> One of those like weird cases of like when you see someone in the light, like in the sun, you're like, oh, your eyes are actually this color. I never noticed. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but that's just like different for everyone in a case by case basis of like, no, I'm pretty sure they have like a blue and a brown eye. And it's like, no, no, it's definitely like a green and gray eye. I think that's super interesting. Like, yeah, absolutely. Nobody's looked into it hard enough, but I think even us as the character, like didn't, it didn't really even matter because we just didn't we were too busy about the rest of the everything going on to like think about it too hard. Right. Yeah. I'm writing down notes. So the second one was the queen of pentacles, the youthful ploy seen in a new light. So what did we do as a kid that didn't make sense? What happened to us? Hmm. This could also be mixed in with number three of how did this make us different from the other children? Did we behave differently? Did we try to fit in? Did it work? Did it not? I would think. Maybe like a, like an uncanny ability to like copy people's voices and shit. I was just about to say that. Oh my goodness. So it like really impressed people at first, but then I was like, that's actually really creepy. You know how like people's parrots will like find like an echolilia or like copy us like you know the the voicemail tone or they'll say bless you mm-hmm. yeah so something along those lines so if it sounds so remarkably exactly like you know like oh you sound like the king but you're eight <laughs> <laughs> i like that yeah um so it was a fun party trick but it got kind of weird for people after a while and made maybe made people not really like want to trust us so much. Yeah, like it's kind of made them uncomfortable. I'm curious about how this fits into our um our human bounties of joy and you know the especially with the emperor card like we've had security and stability and we're on top of everything. Well, as as a kid who was always like to themselves I found great peace and security in my own ability. Like I was, I felt like an outsider, but I always felt at peace in my own space, whether that be um, gardening or playing video games or uh, just doing stuff around the house. I felt content and in control there. What if our person's an actor? Yeah. I'm not saying this to glaze over what you just said, Lewis, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jakey, but um, I could see that where maybe in one-on-one interactions, like, you know, it could cause discomfort, but our character finds that peace and solace when it comes to 
acting, you know, or like preparing for roles or for plays. You know what I mean? Mm. That yeah. play pretend, if you will. I hope I'm not taking away from what you said. I'm so sorry. Uh, I don't even remember what I said. So no, <laughs> I think both can be true anyways, honestly. Yeah. I, I do like that. Like we were unnaturally kind of good at acting and like picked up on different voices and stuff really fast as a kid. Um, it made us a very successful stage actor. I love it. Do we have any other thoughts? No, no thoughts. Head thinned. Are we ready to go to act two? I think so. Yeah. Act two, yourself in clarity, the changes to your body and your feeling towards it. And for this act, we will be drawing from the swords for the minor arcana. Our major arcana card for act two is the Hierophant. So the Hierophant is, it stands for tradition and convention. It can also represent marriage in an arranged setup. It can also mean a teacher or a counselor who will help in learning slash education of the querent. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, you know, some of the keywords for the Hierophant. Education, learning, seeking counsel or advice, spiritual guidance, tradition. So I think, you know, it's definitely going to be about learning, but also about teaching. Maybe there's other people who have found out or something as well. I don't know. So do we want to take this major arcana card as somebody who's found us and ah. is like we've, one of us? We've got an Obi-Wan. Ah. It's like... um. When you find out you're a part of a specific race and you just kind of want to know more about the culture and what goes on there, this person cannot even be teaching us specifically like our powers or whatever, but more of the culture of the Fae. Yeah. So our person's an actor of the stage, you know, they're they're performing consistently. It could be very possible that one of the patrons of the theater is part of face society and is like ah one of us oh they like saw us in the crowd and they're like we noticed you yeah like um maybe they didn't even realize that we didn't know you know oh yeah and was like trying to you know maybe do some funky handshake or like you know said some sort of word that would be a greeting in their native language and our person's like, excuse me? Like, did you just swear at me? <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, we're, we've been in human society for so long. I like it. Are we ready for our three prompts? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So we have the three of swords, the page of swords, and the eight of swords all right so three there's something wrong with you and space you know your size is wrong are you big or are you small how does this alter your perception both literally and figuratively okay so like part of us like changing and coming into it could be we've always been small and now like maybe we can't figure out how to like get back to that size after we uh changed and we try to change back like it's all we're always either like too small or too big mm, just a sight uh size discrepancy that you just can't seem to pin down yeah you're like i'm fine tuning it but damn something's off <laughs> you know um can you you know how like as we grew up and we got older and suddenly our favorite shirt didn't doesn't fit us like it used to yeah but that happens all of the fucking time. <laughs> like, why is this shirt so baggy today? But yesterday it was so tight. That's me every time I do laundry, to be honest with you. Oh, I feel that. I really like that. Like, you know, maybe this is, you know, before we met the the guy in the in the crowd, we do just subtly change every day and like don't even realize it. Like in going back and forth. I like that idea a lot. Mm -hmm. Hello, listener. This is Lewis from the Editing Times. I just want to put a quick note in here that 
At this point, Roma had some audio trouble and we took a quick break to get that resolved and then we just jump back into it. So to keep from a weird jump just happening, I decided to warn you about that. And abundance or lack wherein? There is not enough or is there too much? Of what? Is it something physical with your body or sustenance that you need? Or is it something emotional? You know how, like, we're constantly, like, chasing dopamine? You know, that hyperfixation high or the, the high you get from praise or success or even something literal like nicotine, you know. But our character, our person, has been thriving in abundance on the success of the stage because we're phenomenally good at acting and becoming somebody we are not. So I think we have an abundance of love and maybe even fame and fortune. There's a lot of things that happiness has bought, but the realization that they don't really know who I am, they don't actually take a second to realize how much I have changed their perception of me day by day to the point where my clothes don't fit, to the point where I don't even know who I am anymore. I just answer to whatever pronouns they give me. On stage today, I am a king. Tomorrow, I am somebody's wife, a peasant. Uh, it can be very strenuous with the different masks our person is putting on from what was something to enjoy in our childhood is now becoming our source of pain as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I got a little deep for a second. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And maybe the uh, the mentor, uh, maybe maybe he noticed that in us as well, that that pain, that loss, that that want that we didn't even really know how to to show for ourselves. Maybe we didn't even realize that's, you know, what we were wanting was identity. Kind of like losing yourself and they can see that. Yeah. And then um, accommodations, new demands. Each day you need to take into account your body or mind in a new way. What is it and how does this make you feel? I kind of feel like with the last two, we kind of touched on that for both. Like it, uh, you know, our, our body is, is physically un like subconsciously changing and, you know, we're feeling the, the disconnect and, you know, feeling kind of, fake almost probably feeling really like lost and confused and maybe even angry, but we don't really know why. No notes, no notes. <laughs> and so our Obi-Wan is, uh, he's going to help us learn about that. And this sort of ties into the chariot of yes. In human society, we have everything we could possibly want, but we are beginning that journey of understanding who we are and understanding our culture and understanding what powers we do have. And even though that journey is not easy, we are so fucking thankful that somebody found us and put us on this path. A turning point of sorts. All right, act three, yourself in relation, your friends, your family, and the Fae. And we'll be drawing from the cups. Yourself in relation. So these are the people around us and ourselves. Our major arcana card is, oh my God, it's the tower. The tower. The tower is commonly interpreted as meaning danger, crisis, destruction, and liberation. It is associated with sudden, unforeseen change. Wow. <laughs> Oopsie doopsie. Um, some of the keywords for the tower. Um, accident or damage, catastrophe, destruction, renovation, unexpected change. Illness, loss, obstacles, volatile situation. This is really fitting the vibe of what our character is about to be going through. Yeah, we're going to fuck some shit up. Uh, we're about to get that, that conflict in our hero's journey. 
I was thinking essentially as the fluctuation trying to figure themselves out or ourselves out, I suppose, of like getting found out by normies. Yeah. The destruction could be like the destruction of our, our old life, of our human life. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Because, you know, in the in the meaning, it did say liberation. So maybe we're like maybe part of it, depending on what we draw, is, you know, destroying what we were to become what we are. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, see what our prompts are. On this axe reading, we have the King of Cups, the Seven of Cups, and the Page of Cups. King, they wish to find and know your name. One of the Fae wishes to meet you. How do you receive the message? Do you go? If yes, who is it and what do they want? If no, why have you spurned their companionship and what do they do in retaliation? This is really cool, especially for a Hierophant guy. Maybe after, you know, after we met with him and he kind of taught us about who we are and how to control what we can do. Maybe he talked to some of his people and was like, I found one of ours living in the human world. Maybe it is like a relative of ours, you know, like a distant one, of course, since you know, we were raised with the humans and everything. Oh, <gasps> what? I had an idea like maybe it was uh, one of our parents. Maybe they had a, a sibling who also found this out about themselves. Um, but what they did is they just disappeared. They dipped. They went missing. Um, mm. You know, they, they went to the Fae and didn't stay with the humans anymore. And uh, so maybe they are wanting to urge us to do the same. You know, maybe this is a, a an aunt or an uncle trying to uh, be like, I, I knew there would be more of us. Uh, but do we go? Um, well, I wonder if we'll get that answered after we look at the other two questions. We'll circle back around to finish up. Yeah. So the next one is the Seven of Cups. Seven secluded whispers through unheard. People say things when they think you cannot hear. What are they telling each other? What do you wish you hadn't heard? Maybe it's if they actually existed. Maybe it's one of those things where. Like it's some paranoia that people have. Um, about others. So like. Maybe there's like slurs and shit for the Fae. Maybe you hear we hear them making speculations because we're changing sizes and our heterochromia and everything. So like they're just talking shit and just hate speeching us. Yeah. Yeah. Which um, that could play into uh, our other one page, a human aberration bear. There is something strange that humans do that make no sense to the Fae. Uh, why have you abandoned it and how much better do you feel by doing so? Maybe it's not like we don't understand th- that kind of behavior. Like we don't like. Like, yeah, so what? Maybe we just don't understand the hate. Mm. Maybe it's like not seeing a rate, like not discriminating by like race or species or whatever, but by individual personalities and stuff and that you know generalizing as humans for the most part find a reason to discriminate or hate yeah are we establishing that people know that fey exist i think so yeah okay like that they're it's kind of like the boogeyman in the closet sort of thing yeah yeah so people like know that Faye exists, but maybe they don't they don't show up that often, but so people are like scared and hateful of them and they're like Do you think that that do you think that person is, is one of them? Oh my goodness. We've taken the mask off for once. 
it's it's falling off of our face essentially at this point. There's a blank slate underneath there and we do not know where to go. And the one person who can understand us and put us in that direction is, has presented themselves. And I would take their hand, absolutely. 100%. I think, uh, I think we're ready for, for Act 4. Act 4, here we go. Act four, yourself in prospect, the encroachment of the future. I think this is going to determine what we do now that we've gone with the Fae. Our human life has gone up in smoke. Um, no turning back there. And let's see where we move forward. All right. Our major arcana card for the fourth act is strength. The meaning of strength is uh, strength predicts the triumphant conclusion to a major life problem, situation, or temptation through strength of character. It is a very happy card if you are fighting illness or recovering from injury. I I think it's super fitting. Like it said on there, you know, it's a triumphant conclusion. This could be like we are finding our people finding where we belong, getting what we want. We felt like an outcast from a young age. And yeah, we've used our abilities to propel our life forward, but we're kind of just content before and not really thriving. And I feel like being with our own kind that we feel invigorated. Oh my goodness. I agree with all of this. I definitely feel the the beginning of like change has always been not the most like I like change for a lot of reasons, but after the change has occurred and I'm beginning those first steps in the new situation, it's always rocky. It's always, you know, like staying in a hotel for a night, you have a hard time sleeping. You know, it's not it's not home. It's not what you're comfortable with. You're not settled into that change yet. I definitely can see that, but also uh, we're on a better path now. Our our person is is figuring out who they are and knowing themselves, or in this case, yourself. <laughs> Do we have any other thoughts about the major arcana, or are we interested in knowing what our minor arcanas are? Oh, I'm ready. Our our first minor arcana is the six of wands. The next one is the two of wands and the page of wands. All right. So our first card is a talent that you have returned. You go back to a skill you've always been good at. Does it bring you joy or revulsion in knowing your skill is through heritage and not merit? Do you still engage in this activity? Um, that's a heavy ass question. I wasn't ready for that. Rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm ready for an answer. Um, do we want to read all of the questions, or do we want to do we want to take a hard look at number six? Uh, I want to look at them individually and able to wrap them up in the end. All right. Obviously. Our skill to this point has been our ability to imitate, our ability to act, our ability to change into whatever we feel is needed. And most of the time has been for our job, for acting, for interactions amongst humans, for safety, for uh, societal norms, um, and have never used it for who we are as a person. And to find out that that's all because we're fey. I'm going to keep t I'm going to keep take I'm going to turn this car around back to my autism every chance I get. But uh, for that to be the reason that I like complicated systems and doing like complicated things and like, you know, uh, organizing like all of the things that make me a good employee is all thanks to autism was simultaneously the coolest and the worst thing ever, <laughs> because then. I felt like my self-worth was tied to that. Like, but the days where I couldn't do those things, executive dysfunction, burnout, um, it absolutely would freaking kill me. 
My answer is I think it brings us some revulsion that it wasn't really us as just like our natural, you know, that we just weren't naturally good at what we were doing in the sense of like a person as a human being, but instead we were not human. Uh, our non-human aspect of us was what brought us those skills. But also I think after some reconciliation with that, after the shock factor of that, because now I'm super proud of my autism. I'm super proud of my neurodivergency and my ADHD to make me do the things that I can do and being able to use it more accurately. Like instead of using a bread knife to cut steak, I'm actually now using a chef's knife to cut my steak. You know, that's a wild example, but I'm able to use my tools better. Absolutely. In my personal life and in my working life. So I, I feel like it's kind of both. Yeah. And, and another thing, after we find the, the revulsion, maybe we don't want to use what we had for a while. But then maybe we find out like oh, now we instead because we have to, maybe we just get to live in it and get to have fun with it. You know, instead of survival, this is just for for us now. Yeah. From the beginning, when we talked about like our character getting into like acting or whatever, I really mm-hmm. thought that I felt that our character uh, because of their issues as a a kid and kind of being like weird for being doing all those voices and stuff. It was more of doing it just as an excuse to the kids around them or the people around them. Like, look, look, there was a purpose to this. So like their natural gift was always a sore spot for them. And being with the Fae has really like brought them out of that I did that job because I was good at it, not because I wanted to, but they're still good at it. So now it's like learning to relove the skill that they loved as a kid. Oh, um, yes. And not doing it out of necessity. You're not dancing as a puppet on a stage anymore. You are dancing to your own beat in your own music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that resonated with you guys also. Oh, no, that resonates with me. Oh, absolutely. What do they do? What do they use this skill for now? Uh, This ability to shapeshift and imitate voices. And how do we take this from performing on stage and maybe public speaking or whatever, you know, all their abilities? What what do they use it for now? I don't think it needs a purpose at this point. Now it's just doing it for the pure enjoyment of it again, of just having the ability to and wanting to do it just for their own use, not because they feel like they need to. Yeah, like 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 when we were a kid telling, you know, oh, hey, look at this cool voice I can do. And now we're just doing it for, for fun again, just like when we were a kid. Oh, my goodness. What's what's our next question? You need discard something once dear. You've gotten rid of something you once thought important. What is it and what have you done with it? And why do you no longer need it? Hmm. I think it's our our natural form, like our, you know, maybe we've gotten rid of thinking like this is what I'm supposed to look like all the time. And now you're just always whatever you want to look like. Oh, my non-binary gender fluid dream. Right. Oh my goodness. I don't want to dress like a woman at work every day. I just want to be a thing. I want to be something. Can I share with you both the visual I got in my mind? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. While we were saying how our character uh, has decided to just release to the wind their presentation, and it's just now kind of a whatever they feel like on a whim... Uh, on their choice, on their terms. Um, This visual comes into my mind as I stare very blankly into the void (laughs) of just this very interesting looking creature that's almost glitching, but not in the sense of a computer glitch, but just literally releasing the reins of control on their presentation and just constantly morphing very 
subtly, you know, like the hair color shifts from brown to blonde to orange back to black or something like that. And the eyes are changing and they're changing shapes, but not in unison. You know, it's a very minor morphage a little bit like mystique from X-Men, but instead of the scales flipping around, it's just like a so like almost like a, one of those, uh, things that you might see in the woods and it's alarming, but it's really just a fae having the time of their life. <laughs> Hell yes. Our character sounds like they need a, a warning for seizures. Yes. <laughs> I don't think anybody could just like snap immediately, like change their body like that. I feel like it's very, you get a mosquito bite, like you get bit by a mosquito and then a few minutes later, it's like a bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, like always kind of like slowly changing and becoming something new. Yeah. And it's just like almost like swirls going through the arms and like. Mm-hmm. You ever see a chameleon change colors? Yeah. Maybe yeah. something like that where it's not instantaneously. Yeah. Hell yeah. Are we ready for the third question? Yeah. Both sides of you should be regarded. How do you balance being both fey and human origin? Have you had to make any compromises? That's a heavy question. Would one of you like to start off this discussion? Hmm, that's really interesting because I almost feel like we completely abandoned the human side, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Maybe with this question, we are maybe not necessarily homesick, but homesick for the human world you know that's what we grew up in that's what we have always known so maybe we maybe we miss it maybe we you know go back to human society every once in a while and take on a a random persona to blend in with the humans what if we fell in love with a human Ah. and we have to balance who we are and who our partner is there's compromises on both ends of our partner knows that we are not human, but we also, in order to do things in their society, we must put on our hat, but in face society, maybe our partner has agreed to keep our secrets and, you know, behave in accordance to our culture. And so you get a little bit of that, uh, cultural swap, And I think all three of us who have partners who come from different like backgrounds can all relate to this. Yeah. In a sense too. Not that we need to have a full discussion on that front, but you know, I think there's been degrees of that we've all experienced in our own lives. Absolutely. Maybe we crave the peace of like the human world. Like maybe it's not peaceful, but they, the, the craving of, what they see as normalcy from what they grew up with or like the opposite. Maybe the Fey realm is like peaceful and they, they crave the the chaotic nature of human society and how humans work. So just coming to terms with wanting a little bit of both and being all right with jumping back and forth with wanting some peace and wanting some excitement that that kind of feels like it goes with the nature of our character of the the fluctuation of after accepting themselves that they themselves are in flux so the the environment and the company they keep needs to be in flux as well i love them so much me too i'm falling in love with their character i want to meet my character now I uh, man, I can't believe this is the final act. God, I hope our story ends on a peaceful note. <laughs> act five, yourself in entirety. Take your human side arcana, take your face side arcana and shuffle them both in, back into the major arcana deck. Then spread out the major arcana out along your table face down or fan it out in front of you with the backs facing towards you. Select whichever card calls to you. I'm shuffling now. Um, Here's what I'm thinking, and tell me if you have any better ideas. So I'm going to fan out these cards over the desk. 
and I'm just going to wave my hand sort of slowly across the cards. And um, when y'all say stop, I'm going to drop my hand and, and grab a card. Does that sound fair? I like the idea. Yeah, I think it'll work. I'll let you pull the trigger. Oh boy, oh boy, oh golly gee. I am moving my hands back and forth, or my hand, singular, back and forth across these spread out cards. Mm-hmm. Now. <sighs> our final card for our game today in Act 5 is... The High Priestess. High Priestess is a card of mystery, stillness, and passivity. This card suggests that it is time to retreat and reflect upon the situation and trust your inner instincts to guide you through it. Things around you are not what they appear to be right now. Oh boy. I do think this is adequate for our character as... I know we'd mentioned or I mentioned earlier that our person was on sort of a hero's journey, but in reality, uh, figuring out who you are is something you're always going to be doing for your entire life. I have, I had my very first job. I was 16 years old. I walked into a tea shop and I said, hi, are you hiring? And the guy had me write my resume on one of those like restaurant check like papers because <laughs> I didn't have one in my hand. Mm-hmm. But um, that man gave me some of the best relationship advice I have ever gotten. And it was that your partner is always changing. Do not expect them to settle into who they are. You know, you are, you are their student and you are constantly learning who they are. Uh, You will never master who they are. You will never know for certain. Um, You just need to be constantly uh, open and learning to who your person is and who are they're going to be uh, all the the time. Um, And this makes your relationship with them so much more interesting and wonderful because uh, every day is new, you know? And so I, I kind of put that experience to our person who they're constantly figuring out who they are is they're they're not going to just end that journey at one point they just very recently figured out they were fae and who knows what that will bring them moving forward um so i think it is interesting that their life's a mystery um and it's not always thrilling it's going to be probably rather boring and mundane and they're just going to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think, you know, our character, we just we spend a lot of time as we get older, we spend a lot of time in like meditation and thought and just reflecting a lot on who we are. You know, we we have come to a to a happiness with it, but we still think about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I um See the description and the image for this card. And the conclusion it brings me is that neither the human or the fae really fit our character too well. Like they both have their merits. So rather than like going from one to the other, they chose their own path and uh, choosing a path of enlightenment, much like their um, uh, hierophant. I was having the same thought. I'm so glad. And just being a teacher to the people around them, like whether they be human or fae, and regardless of their natural gifts or lack thereof, just to find the peace of their life, of what brings them to their happiness regardless. Uh, much like our character got to. <sighs> and that's why they don't have any uh, 
students or any uh, people below them in the imagery is because they don't have directly one and they're not sitting down teaching one specific thing. It's more about acceptance and kind of like a uh, Buddhist sort of mentality. Yeah. And that's that's what I got from this. The scroll in her hands, partly covered by her mantle, bears the letters Torah, meaning divine law, that symbolizes the memory we carry inside about the past, present, and future. Name Ak- um, forgive me if I butcher this, uh, Akasha. She is seated between the white and black pillars, J and B, for Jaquin and Boaz. Again, I apologize if I mispronounced that. Um, of the mystic temple of Solomon. Hmm. So uh, maybe this card is intensely perfect. Oh, I absolutely agree. This was a, a wonderful game. Yes. Are we feeling very reflective? Introspective? <laughs> it has definitely made me, me think a lot. Uh, I would like to note uh, in the credits and the acknowledgements, at first it says, thank you for playing. And I like to say thank you for making this game. The author would like to acknowledge that most changeling legends are rooted in the ableist belief that children with disabilities were not considered humans, which led to abuse and infanticide. These stories do not take into account the perspective of the children. And that gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I was feeling that as well. Uh, thank you, Audrey, for teaming up with us for this podcast swap for this year for the Moonshot Network. Um, this has been a wonderful experience. I am I am so glad we got to play this game and just getting to to think about it. Um, and as we're, we're wrapping up, um, if you would like to find this creator this game in this game, um, you can look them up at on itch.io at uh, k-ramstack. Um, and the game's name is Yourself. It was a wonderful time. And I I can honestly see myself going through it again as like an actual solo adventure because I really liked this. Yeah, it was really fun. I, I didn't read any of the other questions to see what type of internal uh, dialogue or world-shaking events would happen because I kind of wanted to come back to this later and just enjoy it how it's supposed to be. As much as this has been amazing with you guys and showing me uh, ideas I didn't think of, I would love to see the other storylines that can unfold. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone, to wrap this up, I would just like to thank you for listening to the episode. Please rate and review to help the podcast grow and give us feedback. Uh, be sure to reach out to us and let us know what you thought of this episode. You can find your regular host, Audrey, at Lady Tabletop on Tumblr, Stitch.io, and Coffee. If you want to find me, Lewis, you can find me on Twitter and Discord at Selborsiul, S-E-L-B-O-R-S-I-U-L. Jakey, do you want to plug yours next? Uh, yeah, if you'd like to find me anywhere on the internet, I'm usually there at Mr. Jakey Poo. Um, and, you know, the, like I said at the start, the three of us are hosts on the Hyperfixation podcast, where our friends... Tell us about what they're hyper fixating on. Uh, you can find me on the internet at twitter.com forward slash I appreciate your butt. That is I A P P R E C I, the number eight, U R B U T T, um, where I tweet and I tweet some more and I tweet again. Um, and you can find the three of us on the hyperfixation at the hyperfix pod at the twitter.com, um, where we don't shut the fuck up about things that excite us for long periods of time. Thank you again to Audrey for show swapping with us. Thank you to Moonshot 
uh, Moonshot Pods for letting this happen. You can find our network at uh, twitter.com forward slash Moonshot Pods. Or if you want to check out our YouTube channel or our streams, go to moonshot.mov or moonshot.mov and uh, check us out there. We just have a bunch of VODs from our recent um, Moonshot Carnival and uh, just constantly doing things throughout the week. So uh, check that out and we'll see you at the table again next couple weeks from now. (laughs) 